0: Hi, everyone. I hope you're all shining bright. We're going to shine it up. Welcome to the Shine It Up podcast with me, Jackie Gillies. Come join me on this journey as we unpack the Real Housewives of Melbourne, deep dive into all things that I do, spirituality, manifestation, self-empowerment, and being a psychic medium. And I'll chat to some friends along the way. Hello and welcome back
1: to another episode of the Shattered It Up podcast. I hope you all enjoyed last week's live episode with the fabulous and hilarious Julia Morris. This week, I'm not doing the recap alone. I have a very special guest joining me for the ultimate recap of the whole of Season 5 of The Real Housewives of Melbourne. None other
0: than my bestie, Janet Roach. We're going to shout it up.
1: My bestie, Janet Roach, is here on my podcast. I'm so excited to have you on my podcast, Roachie, my bestie on and off camera. Thank you
2: so much for coming on my podcast. I truly appreciate it. Oh, Jax, I am just so impressed. You know, I just love you so much. But I cannot believe that with twins that you've got up, got your act together. You look great. I tell you, you're a better man than me, Gunga Din, because (laughs) I just think, wow, two babies. That is Challenging, but they are so gorgeous. I love when you show me. Oh God, I'm madly in love. And I'll see you in a, what a few days. So it will be great.
1: You you will you will. Every week, as you all know, I've been recapping each episode of The Real Housewives of Melbourne on the podcast. I couldn't think of anyone better to join me for the final recap of season five of The Real Housewives of Melbourne, and it's also the season finale of my very first podcast season. So it's extra exciting and special to have you here, Roche. Hey! congratulations. Oh, thank you, my love. Oh, I just love Roach. yes as we all know, everybody knows that as soon as Janet came into Season 1, we had a special connection, and it, it stemmed from the first episode of when I gave Janet Roach a psychic medium reading. But before we go into it, there are a few things I need to say first. Before we dive into all the drama that was known in Season 5, I know the listeners will want to hear about the OG days of Real Housewives of Melbourne. So... The first question that I'm getting from a lot of people is how did you actually – become part of the Real Housewives of Melbourne because, mate, you're casting gold, as we all know.
2: Oh, that is so incredible. I mean, you know, I had my marriage had just fallen apart and I had these people ringing me on the phone and they would leave <laughs> messages and they would say on the phone, oh, look, we can't tell you what it's about if you could just get back to us. And I thought they were like telesales people. I thought they were, you <laughs> know, the like Amway or something, and so I didn't answer the call. Anyway. One day they caught up with me, and this is only after like about two weeks. I started two weeks later. They said, Look, would you like to do this thing? We're going to film you and we're just going to follow you in your real life and we're going to pay you. And I'm like, Hey, like, what? How good's that? You know, it doesn't get any better. Anyway, then they said you've got to watch The Real Housewives and that night I watched Atlanta and Atlanta they were all there pulling off wigs <laughs> and throwing each other in the swimming pool and having like a full-on fistic cup and rang up the producer and I said, oh, no, 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 <laughs> no, no. So they sent me out um, a stick with three episodes of Beverly Hills and then I said, yeah. And as you know, then Gina went and negotiated our contracts and her and I went through about 18 bloody sets of contracts because she was really good. And we started and off we went. And my very first shoot was with you, and I didn't know that you were part of the cast. But then we said, "Let's go downstairs and have a glass of champagne." And I thought, "This girl is a girl after my own heart." And we went down, and I think I've been, I've loved you since then, Jackie. This loved you. It's been a great. It's been great to have a really good friend, and and I thank them for giving me you. But it's been great to have you on the journey too. It's just i really enjoyed it. Actually, really enjoyed it because of you.
1: Oh, Rachie, I feel exactly the same way. I think that we were very lucky. I always say there's no such thing as coincidences, and what people don't know is, so the very first season of Season 1, when I gave Janet a psychic medium reading, Gina was supposed to have that reading. And I believe that no, that everything happens for a reason. And I'm getting goosebumps talking about this. So I had met none of the Real Housewives of Melbourne cast. And when Janet came into my home, all I knew was this chick's part of the cast. And I wasn't allowed to tell anybody that I was part of the cast. Janet comes in and I start giving her a psychic reading, but I wasn't meant to give Janet the reading. It was meant to be for Gina. And it's almost like the universe made it happen that Gina couldn't get this reading because... Otherwise, I don't know if Jen and I would have kicked off as besties from that moment because it was like, gave me the reading, then we went downstairs, we had a glass of champagne, as we all know, that was, that was the only thing in my fridge, just bottles of champagne. And from that moment, Jen and I become besties and it was a genuine, real connection and there was, you know, there was nothing behind our friendship. It was just a genuine, organic connection that just followed on through every single season. And that really is the truth, isn't it, Jenna?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And when you said to me, Yeah, I'm a cast member, I said, You're a cast member too. And I was in love. You know, I just thought, Wow, if this is what the girls are going to be like, this is going to be a fabulous, fabulous ride, you know. So, yeah, we've been really good friends. And as I said, it's really made a big difference, I think, to the whole experience actually having you there. I couldn't have been more delighted when they said you were going to come back this season because originally you weren't going to. And I have to admit, I was a bit, um, and ah, uh, like, mm, is it going to... And then they said, well, I've got a surprise for you. Jackie's coming back. And that was it. I was in. Done. What do you reckon was the best memories of the early days? Because so many people are asking about the
1: OG days. I know so many of the viewers miss the OGs a lot, and we'll get into that again later. But
2: what do you think's your best memories? My very best memories, personally, because I was single too, don't forget, the overseas trips. Jackie, how much fun... All the girls would leave their partners and, and their children and their responsibilities yeah, and everything yeah. behind. And although, look, we filmed all the time and we didn't get to do a great deal of sightseeing, just the bond and the camaraderie. I remember once we were upstairs, I'm not sure if it was Mexico or the Philippines, and there was like 16 of us with the cast and we were in and up and out of chairs and in and up, And there must seat about 26 people up there and this man stood up after about six hours into the flight and said, Shut up! Jeez. And he too? I forgot. You and I just kept saying, let's have another drink, man. We went back to the bar then. Remember it was when the plane it has the bar in the back and we go, "Well, oh, okay. Yeah, and we were all works, sort yeah. of carried back. But he'd crack the shits, remember? But the trips for me were really a highlight. We'd all have our hotel rooms. We'd go to each other's hotel rooms. We'd travel around in the people mover. We'd tell jokes and we'd tease one another and things yes. that happened. How did you feel about the first cast announcement? Obviously, wishing I was there, which I wasn't. So it was yourself,
1: Gina, Lydia, Kyla, Angelique, and Cherry. How did you feel about that announcement?
2: So let's go right back. So the announcement, I was very, I was okay with the yeah. announcement. But can I tell you when we did the first, you know, how they get you together for press? Yeah, yeah. And so that's when we actually first met. I'd already met Kyla. And so that's when we first met. And you know what happened? The newbies. Simone wasn't there then. There was only the other three newbies, myself, Gina, Gamble and Lydia. And when we'd have a break, you know, we sit down and they give yeah. us lunch and we have a drink and that they didn't sit with us either. And I remember Gina saying, What's going on here? What where are they? What's going on? And they stayed in the dressing room in the other room and the the three of them. Were together. Now they didn't know each other either. I think Cherry knew Kyla, but Angelique didn't know either of them. But the three of them stuck together there. And I remember Gina saying, "What's going on here?" So what did I think about it? I thought, well, you know, you never know. Every season's different.
1: Yeah. Did you feel like um, with the three new girls, this was the first announcement with Gina and Lydia and yourself were coming back and gamble that this may be a little bit different? Did you feel the energy that things? Oh, definitely, know. Oh, definitely. Know. because,
2: you know, Jackie, always in the past, and you'd know this because we did it together, we might get one at the very most, two new girls. And what happens is that they immediately integrate into the group. You know, we all talk and sit with each other. We all have lunch breaks together. We all, you know, people maybe don't realize, but when we're filming and we're filming for, say, most of the day, we're all sitting together at lunch, even when we do our Masters. You know, we sit with the crew. I sit with the crew and have lunch with them. I'm sure you do. And so we all do, you know, how was your weekend and stuff like that. Having three new girls and having this business where they wouldn't talk to us I just thought, oh, look, it'll be different when we get into filming, I suppose. I mean, I've never experienced it before. I wasn't there for that, but I can certainly tell you what my experience was when I did come back and
1: I kind of had the same, not kind of, I did. I remember when I walked in and nobody knew I was coming back and I remember I was sitting on the lounge, Simone came straight up to me and went, oh my God. Jackie, how are you? I'm fangirling, and I said, "Girl, don't fangirl. We're all on the same level here." And I said, "You're so nervous, aren't you?" She was just really sweet and genuine. And the other ladies, Angelique, Kyla, and Cherry, were over in the corner, and I had to go up to them and go, "Hi, I'm Jackie. How are you, ladies?" And I remember it, it was a bit like now that I look back, I felt like I don't think it was malicious or anything like that. I think it was more like they were nervous. They were coming into this is my take on it. They were coming into a already established show that was recognised as
2: successful and maybe they were a bit nervous. I don't know. I thought that by that stage of the game they'd been already tight friends. They'd made quite tight friends over the 12-month period between the first start and the second start. I did feel that there was a, you know, they're, they're friends and there's nothing wrong with that,
1: but I did feel like there was already an established energy where it was them and maybe us. I kind of felt that and I just kind of put that to the side. This is me personally and I placed it for a minute and I was like, just see how this goes. Do you know what I mean? So I understand where you're coming from. But I didn't know that the same thing kind of happened when you, Gina
2: and Lydia were doing your press because the same thing, that same kind of uh, situation happened. To be honest, when we were doing our press, I think the first time, I think they stayed in the other room because they did that usual thing that sort of new girls tend to do is that they completely took over the makeup artist and they were so concerned about all of their photos. Whereas we were out having a glass of wine and, you know, and got on with sitting them. back waiting for them to, to call, you know, we're not touching up all the time and everything. And they were there touching up, touching up, touching up, touching up. And I think that that was due to nervousness what was your reaction when Lydia and Jenna decided not to come back so you didn't know I was coming back at this point so
1: when it was announced again and those pair decided not to come back how did you feel
2: you know what I really thought Jackie I really thought holy shit I'll be completely honest with you I was very I thought this can't work this can't work, I, I, I don't know, how what are we going to do with all new girls? Because you know when we have a new girl, even when we integrate her into the group, it does make a different dynamic. But not to have you was already a, the biggest blow, but even when the other two weren't coming back either and I thought it's just Gamble and I, I was nervous. I, yeah. I didn't know how it could work because it's all about the relationships. That's fair. That's fair. You're, you're spot on because the the one thing that the viewers are invested in, right,
1: was all our relationships coming together, whether you liked it or you didn't. You knew that we kind of grew throughout the season, right, together and, We'd have conflict and resolution and, and it was kind of a, a situation where we just get on with it and the viewers really are invested in our characters and, and our relationship. If I took myself out of being on this show together and I was watching it as a viewer, I would actually feel the same way because I've seen, you know, I've watched all the other seasons of all the other formats. Potomac, Beverly Hills, Atlanta and New York City and New Jersey. So I totally get what you're saying. It would have been this thing of I
2: was gone, the only person left was you and Gamble and I get, understandably, I would have thought the same thing. How is this actually going to work? We we also had a situation between us because we'd all been working together over the four seasons, which is something that I didn't realise that we had until we didn't have it anymore. So if you remember when we all used to work together, we were all a band together whether we were disagreeing or not. So we would always, your turn in the middle for the poster, it's your turn in the middle for and we would make sure everybody had a turn. It was always fair. There was none of this pushing to get and shoving to get or any of that because we were all, had already sorted all of that out. We had our program, you know, your turn on the end this time, your turn in the middle. Who walks in first? All of that sort of stuff. We we completely shared, and and there was never an issue with it. Having the new girls, man, that was um, interesting. Yeah, I think because it was their first rodeo, and it was like, how's this going to go? But you know,
1: moving forward, did you speak to any of your women during the delayed period, Lydia or Gina? No. So you did. So for one year, I didn't speak to anyone.
2: Yeah, well, because I was in Queensland most of the time. You're getting on with yeah.
1: life doing, you went over to Queensland, you hung with your man, you bought that beautiful place in the Versace Paloza. So I, I get it. And I didn't speak to anyone either. I haven't, You know, it was just like I was getting on with my IVF journey. But what's interesting in between that delayed period, I remember I got a phone call. I think I told you this, but I had a dream the night before. And I dreamt I was filming The Real Housewives of Melbourne. I was talking to Potts, Lisa Potash, one of the executive producers of the show for the season one to, to four. When she rung me, I just knew. I said, you're asking me to come back in the real house while I was not you. And she said, yep, yeah, this is before Gina. And Lydia said that they weren't coming back, right? And I, I was thinking about this because I said, I have to go back because i dreamt it. And in the dream, I was talking about my, my IVF journey. So I knew that that was a reason I had to go back. But the biggest thing was I wasn't allowed to tell you. And the funniest oh my thing was... God, that
2: was what was... So dreadful. I came to see you. <laughs> yes, you did it oh I every
0: mean, day no God. Like and it looked
1: like Janet was bashed over there with a the baseball bat because she knew she was starting to film in like five weeks. And she's like, I cannot believe you're coming back, Jake. And she was like, Do you mind if I call you? Or see you can call me every day all day. And I had to hide that. I was coming back and Janet was like almost crying as we are sitting at the restaurant. I am saying, ben, Jackie,
2: please don't leave me, don't leave me, please. Yes, yeah, she please. was saying And that. you're going, well, look, you know, I've got bigger fish to fry, you're right. telling me. <laughs> and, and Janet Janet was like almost,
1: oh well, she was literally crying and Ben's hitting me under the table going, oh, like there was a part of me that was so wanted to tell Roachie, but I had to. I made a promise to Lisa that I wouldn't say anything. And I'm sitting there going, oh, my God, oh, my God, I can't say anything to her. And when I rang up Rochi because I said I cannot lie, I cannot, like, the word's not lying. I just couldn't divulge that I wasn't coming back. And I was like, I can't do that to Janet. I just can't. And I can't not tell her. So... I remember making that phone call and I said, Janet, what's the need to tell you? And she said, what? And when I said I'm coming back, she, like you literally cried and screamed on that phone. I said, get ready. It's happening, girl.
2: <laughs> you were so excited. Oh, Jackie, remember. you was so like strong about that you weren't coming back. You were like so You know, just, no, it's not for me. I've got bigger fish to fry. I'm doing all this. And whilst I understood that when you called and said that actually you were coming back, I just, oh, my God, I did. I screamed. I cried. I I couldn't believe it. I was so, so delighted. After this now, I'm still so delighted that you came back. I love you. Did I actually
1: say to Lisa before I said yes to coming back, even though I dreamt I knew I was going to come back, I said, is Rochi still on board for this season, this is the first initial chat because I don't think I would have come back if you weren't because obviously like if Gina's leaving and Lydia's leaving and it just leaves um, Gamble, it's just like Gamble and I and Gamble is like family to me as well. But obviously you and I are so close, it would have just been this situation of well, what? Like that's hard, man. It's hard because you've got new a whole lot of new ladies coming in and just Gamble and I and then it's like how do you forge – genuine relationships if you don't know them. And, of course, you do forge genuine relationships. What I'm trying to say is we're already established. So just keeping gambling myself in, that may have been a a very tricky road to run, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, because then you know how I felt when it was just going to be gambling I,
1: I do know how you felt, but I already knew that I was coming back and you were freaking out. Now I'm going to get straight into it. Okay, girl. Okay, let's get into this season, season five of The Real Housewives of Melbourne. So it was definitely a dramatic season. I have had a lot of you go, Jackie, you're a bit quiet this season, but but understandably I was pregnant. I wasn't allowed to have any stress. And the one thing that I did say is if I come back, I can't be under stress because if I was pregnant and it was implantation stuff... I already had a miscarriage, so my doctor had said, Jackie, we cannot put you in any high-pressure situation. So as you can see this season, I keep myself very calm. I kept myself very cool. I don't react as much, even though there were times I wanted to blow the hell up. I did that for the sake of my, my twins and my pregnancy journey, and Janet knew that, and it's not that I wasn't keeping it real because I was. It was just that I couldn't allow myself to engage in the extra drama as I would have probably in previous seasons. So my number one priority was keeping myself stress-free and Janet was very good at making sure that I was stress-free. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: were. You were my Sometimes man, man. I got so annoyed. Sometimes I got so annoyed with the other girls. I was just like, you know, you don't you know she's got a very, very sensitive pregnancy? What, what are you doing? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Janet, you're my rock,
1: man. But listen, you and Carla start kicking off on Episode 1 with her bringing champagne glasses to your house and then at the day spa with Kyla saying that Cherry needed to um, up her fashion game. I think that the listeners would really like to know what your history is with Kyla. I get asked this all the time, Impress. So what was it like back when you knew each other life years ago? Did you get along back then? People need to know this. I think this is a genuine question viewers want to
2: know. Yeah, I did know her in I think it was about 2010. Actually, I'm pretty sure it was 2010. Now, my husband's business partner, who we were very close, we all worked together in the same office, but we all had our own businesses, Kyla became his girlfriend. and So I did have them down at uh, my house in Red Hill once or twice then even then I was a bit like we weren't very close because yeah. I just found, well clearly I'm older than her and also well we didn't have similar interests and she used to tell me these fantastical stories and I used to have to be a good hostess and go yeah yeah but apart from that she was a, a, a lovely girl she worked for my husband's business partner. His name's Mark. Let's just go Mark. She yep. worked for Mark. They had a ticketing business and they lived together. And so she was probably around for, I'm just thinking a year, maybe a year and a half. And so when we did functions for work and everything like that, I'd see her, but not that much. She and I weren't that close. There was nothing bad about her. She was a lovely girl. They were very much in love. So it was nice to be around them. We were like a bit in one another's pockets because of the boys were so close a lot of people have said you said that you felt she wasn't
1: being authentic and it was mentioned that a lot of things were said and that happened at the dinner in far north queensland about the lies when you um, kill was telling etc was cut out of the episode is there anything that was cut out of the scene that you think would have helped the viewers
2: understand where you're coming from yeah, well, I think the way that I actually started the dinner and I, um, I suppose it's a question to you, do you remember, I remember that I didn't want to do it and she wanted to go for it. So I wanted to give her a bit of a heads up for where I was going. So the first thing I said, all right, how would you feel about the person that introduced you to Bernie Madoff? I don't want to be that friend. I and then that. that just, she just lost her shit then. But that that, that was sort of where I was going.
1: Yeah, I think what the
2: viewers did know
1: too, and, and I can vouch for this, is that at that dinner table when Kyla did say, I want to put everything on the table, Roger was very clear at saying, I don't want to go there. I do not want to go there, Kyla. I do not want to discuss things that, that may have happened in the past. And to be fair, Janet and I are very, very good friends, and Janet didn't sit there and bitch about Kyla to me about her past, didn't tell me things. That she has maybe experienced with Kyla with her past. And I still to this day don't know. So I want the viewers to know that Janet wasn't sitting around telling people stories about Kyla. She didn't say things to Gamble. She didn't say things to me. And that was very, very clear. Okay. So when you see me on the, on the, throughout the season, go, Janet hasn't told us anything. She's not painting any picture about Kyla to me. She's just saying there are things that I do not want to discuss and I respect Richie for that that I've experienced with Kyla in the past, and it was kind of left at that. But then when situations would arise within the season, things would come up that made Janet feel uncomfortable, correct me if I'm wrong, of her past experiences with Kyla, of things that she would say that didn't make sense to her, to us as a group. Because I don't know, Kyla, the way you did years ago
2: and the things you've experienced. And we're like, Gamble didn't know, and neither did I. Maybe Gamble did, I don't know. It wasn't actually about, and I didn't go around saying things because I didn't want to taint anyone's mind and I really would have just rather pulled her aside and said, now, listen, there's a whole heap of things here that you're actually saying. This is what made me uncomfortable is that she was um, making a narrative. Do you remember when we, it all started really when we went to her champagne masterclass and she tells the big story about how it all came about and everything. And I just wanted to say to her, look, I knew you 10 years ago. And what you're saying, that you were there in 2005 or you were there in whatever, I, she also came to visit me in 2014 when she was first pregnant. She was looking to rent a house in uh, Red Hill and mm. I thought it was an excellent idea because it's a beautiful place to bring up a child. And yeah. so I went with her and Kiri for the day and we drove around. And so, of course, we spoke a lot then. So you met Kiri before that. So you with so
1: Kylie no. and Kiri were in your car and you are driving around looking for a property in Red Hill a whole
2: yeah, day. Right. We
0: at about I didn't even
2: know that you knew that you were introduced to Kiri. I didn't know that. He didn't say really very much to me at all. But my, what I sort of had the problem with was a lot to do with a lot of the things that she was saying just made me feel a little bit uncomfortable. And I'll tell you why. Not for any reason that there was nothing wrong with the stories that she was saying. It's just that she was sitting there telling you girls who are my friends these things when, right, right in front of me when she knows that I actually know they're not true. And I didn't know what, I mean, what did she expect? Did she expect me just to stay stumm and say nothing? So what I wanted to do was pull her aside and say, listen, Han, you know, you're putting me in a pretty difficult situation here. What if these are my actual friends? I'm going to tell them that, I don't know what to do here. I hadn't said anything to you guys. And I kept trying to sort of say, look, I'm feeling really uncomfortable. She's sitting here lying to you guys, looking me in the eye when she knows that I know that it's not true. And I don't know, Jackie, what do you do in that situation? After I actually said, because I didn't say a lot actually at the table, that's why it wasn't that. You, you know, didn't. You didn't about going to France 18 times or something was a throwaway thing at the end and that was the thing that made it to the cut, unfortunately, yeah. and yeah. saying you don't speak French, meaning that she didn't speak a word of French, not she didn't speak fluently. Yeah. But what it was was I just wanted to pull her aside and say, "Hun, you you're making me feel really uncomfortable. But what I felt like was, okay, she knows where I'm coming from, There's no need to go and beat a dead horse. I was happy to let it go. How I saw the situation go was that then she got very, very angry and started doing all these other things to me all the time. Like she'd say, you know, we'd be friends, but then she'd say we talked about her on the belt, you know, I'm not going to go into all of the stuff. But there were five or six things that she kept telling the other girls and I felt very much that she didn't allow me, or, or I don't know, maybe you you had a better experience than me, but she didn't allow me. She didn't let those girls speak to me, not one word, because she was frightened that I was going to tell them. And then she frightened them and gaslit them. You know, they were terrified. Poor Anjali. I And I've said this before, I reckon
1: Anjali would have been a really good housewife because I felt like she, she had charisma. She was really funny on her master's. And I felt that that snippet of when I saw her pilot tell Angelie, was Janet in in your house, was she in your apartment going through things? I felt like that just sent Angelie over the edge. And then it was like, I'm, I'm out. But to be fair, I felt like you and Angelie didn't have a very strong conversation about
2: anything. So for me it was a bit shocking that it was like. Well, can we just back up a little bit? Yeah. If we just back up a little bit, the fact of the matter is this is why that was so difficult is that in the very beginning of the season we were told, I know you were, I know I was, yeah. and I'm sure Gamble was too, We're told Angeli doesn't have an apartment in the Capital Grand, all right? Yeah, now, we were told that. It's not a storyline and we will not be going down that track so don't bring it up. I mean, and we're all experienced enough to know, okay, they're not. we're not going to waste camera time. It's not going to be a storyline. Don't bring it up. So as far as I was concerned, she didn't have an apartment. So hearing all this that Kyla said that, I mean, and Kyla knew she didn't have an apartment also. So that's what I sort of got a bit upset about. And the original story to us about the apartment from Kyla was that Angelie had had, I thought they meant where she actually lives, that Angelie had had a break and enter, and that she was really, really distressed, and that they'd gone through all her stuff. And that was the first story that Kyla told us. And I thought it was. At her other place. And I was distressed for her. And we're saying, oh my God, that poor girl. Oh, how terrible. Oh my God, I'd feel really violated and everything too. This is before it came out that it was supposed to be me at the Capital Grand. I mean, which is such a stupid story because this business about leasing an apartment, we were told she didn't have an apartment. I never went looking for an apartment. And then that they went on CCTV and then they were going to go to the police. I thought, hold on a minute, Angelie. You know you don't have an apartment. Kyla knows you don't have an apartment. Cherry knows you haven't got an apartment. And just FYI, we know you haven't got an apartment too. So it's just the most ridiculous story. And
1: yeah,
2: anyway. it, it, it was.
1: And I also believe that if Angelique had to come to you and had a conversation, and said, "Oh, I'll give you a heads up. This is what I heard." It, this wouldn't have progressed to this point, maybe Angelique wouldn't have left. And I do feel that um, you didn't get a genuine chance to be able to forge a relationship with Angelique. I really do believe that. And I actually reckon that if um, you and Angelique hung out more, you guys would have got along perfectly. Because I remember far north Queensland when we are having cocktails, remember? And we were having the best time. Angelique was sitting with you and I. We were having cocktails, we were having a laugh. I mean, I was having mocktails, you yeah, were having cocktails. But, you know. <laughs> You guys were all having a laugh. And even Kyla and um, Cherry, everybody was getting along swimmingly. Like there were moments that everyone got along really, really well. And they were
2: really good moments. And now I think that But they just, never just spoke it. to me. They never spoke to me, none of them. I could have conversations around with our girls and stuff like that while we were doing that. They never spoke to me. And if I interjected into, you know, a group conversation, they'd just look at me and then go. And I thought, this is just so difficult. I think that sometimes when people come on a show like this, and I'm saying anybody, they think
1: they've got to be a certain way to be part of the show. That's not mm. the truth. you just got to be you. And so that's
2: happened a couple of times over the seasons. Because what also happens, I find, is that because we all spend so much time with one another, fibs start to not make sense because, you're, you know, we're listening to having different conversations and things like that. So... It's, it's not a matter of how much you've got either. It's not, you're not a Disney princess coming in here. What you are is, um, somebody hopefully that's an inspirational person. And truly, I mean, I think Kyla is an inspirational person. She's pulled herself up by her bootstraps. She's got a, a business that is going well. She is the, the breadwinner in her family. Yeah. Um, you know, she's put together a fantastic thing. And I just think that her, her real story is actually really inspirational. Do you think that Kyla being Angelie's ear about the apartment situation directly contributed to Angela wanting to leave the show? All right. Publicly, I know that Angela used that as an excuse to leave the show. In my heart of hearts, no, I don't believe that that's why she left the show. I honestly feel that... After what happened in far north Queensland when I ended up having a disagreement with Kyla, I think that Kyla got in her ear and told her that, you know, all those stories, I think they all just mounted up when Kyla sort of said we were talking about them on the balcony, we'd said something about their clothes and their hats, then I'm supposed to have attempted to break in. Whether she thought I broke in or not, I think that what she sort of felt was that Kyla gaslighted it. That was as simple as that. Kyla put the fear into her and into Cherry, I think, to keep them close to Kyla Mm. so that Kyla had backup and maybe so that they wouldn't get close to me and I I might make a bit of sense if I was saying things about Kyla. I don't think she wanted to be exposed. And so I do think that poor Angelie. although poor Angelie, I mean, she, you know, allowed it to happen
0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
2: She just believed everything that Kyla said, and I know their besties. I mean, if you were saying things to me, I'd believe you over anybody else. And I think that unfortunately, through trying to protect herself, Kyla, I think she scared the pants off um, Angelie, And I think that it was just a perfect excuse to say Janet's trying to break in because, between, I mean, you know – I never had a problem with Angelie. I didn't know anything about her. I certainly don't go around the dirt. I don't need to. There was none of that. And then Kyla sort of painted this whole picture to Angelie that I was looking to do the same thing to Angelie that had happened to Kyla. At the end of the day, when you come on a show like this,
1: we can stand on our own two feet. I don't need you to back me up. A lot of people say that I support you sometimes blindly. No, I do not support Janet blindly. What people don't know is if I don't agree with something I'll say and sometimes it doesn't make it to air and vice versa, it reaches the same. If you didn't see Mexico, Janet and I got into a big argument, which was aired and filmed, and we got through it. And the, the points are that we definitely, something, if something, we're unhappy with something, we actually have a conversation about it and we've had numerous conversations over this over the years over things we didn't agree on, and that's
2: on and off camera. Yeah, absolutely. But we don't have this sense of like it's somebody uh, said something to me about Gamble got into a scrum with what might have been with Cherry and someone said on my social media and that, you know, why didn't you go in and back her up? I said Gamble is more than capable of standing on her own two feet. She has a point to make. I should be gracious enough to step back and allow her to make her point because it's from her point of view all this business of jumping in and backing one another up i don't believe that it's uh, uh it, it's it's supposed to be what your opinion about that issue is and it when we don't always we don't back one another up if we agree with it we say yes if we don't we don't but you'll notice how you won't have you and i in arguing with someone else If someone's got an argument with me, I do it. If someone's got an argument with you, you handle it because you know why? I know that you are more than capable of making your point and standing on your own two feet. I think it's a matter of respect.
1: Yeah, I agree. And look, to be fair, over the the years, if I agree that Janet um, is saying something that's absolutely spot on and I've experienced it, then I'm going to back her up and go, that is not the truth. And one thing about Rachel is she doesn't lie. You might not like some of the things that she says, but everything that she says, she stands in her truth and that's that. And maybe the, her delivery isn't always the best, like mine. But, you know, it is a show. And we are here for entertainment as well.
2: But also, too, I think about the delivery thing, Jackie, I think that it's got a lot to do with owning it. Yeah, you know, because, look, none of us are perfect. I am far from perfect. But when I muck up, like I got in trouble about the texts, I felt that I was justified in, in having a bit of a winch because I could have done it much more publicly than that. But... Yeah, some of the things that I wrote in the text were aggressive because I was in an aggressive mood and I'm willing to say, "Yep, yeah, not my finest moment. I definitely did it. I'm not going to deny it. So if you do it, I, I think that at least if you own it, then, you know, I think people probably have more respect for you. I certainly do.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, you know, there are, there are times throughout the season that Kyla believes that you were coming for her, coming for her, coming for her. But my response to that was that you had an opinion on things that she was saying, and vice versa. And everybody has their right to their own opinion, and that's your opinion
2: on that, on whatever is going on. I don't believe that, though. I don't agree with it. I had a go at her in Far North Queensland. And I know that she tried to paint that picture, but after I said, I'm the sort of person, I'll say my piece, you said it, it's out on the table, everybody knows, now there's no point in let's just move on. But I felt that she very much went behind my back all the time and that's actually what I found disturbing is that she mounted this whole campaign, she and Angela, and clearly Cherry knew about it also. I mean, when they spoke to those bloggers and made those stories up about me, that was after Far North Queensland. In the whole years I've done this show, it's always been easy to film with the women
1: and, you know, it's always been organic. But I felt like this season was very different and I felt like it was sometimes a struggle to get to know the ladies one-on-one. That was my experience with that authentically and that to me was a bit sad because I feel like a show like this deserves us in real time to really get to know the ladies
2: one-on-one. I think that as what you were saying before about embracing the, um, process, you know, the, the way, of, the, yeah. yeah, embracing the process, because what happened was that always in the past, if I have a disagreement with Lydia or yeah. I have a disagreement with yeah. Gamble, yeah. Gamble and I have that disagreement face to face on camera may not be pretty but it's real what was happening with those girls is that they were running a whole different thing they were running this massive behind the back campaign of making up stories about us saying that they were doing talking about them on the balcony you know kyla telling cherry that i was coming for her like what even is coming for her there there was never anything if anything i'd often said look you know cherry is the best friend of my partner's niece. So I always thought I was going to have a good relationship with her. But what they did was they banded together and they tried, what they were trying to do was put on nicey-nicey on the camera and do their fighting and everything behind the back. And that was not, that's not our process. Our process is if you have an opinion or a grievance, then you've got to please say voice it. It. Yeah. You know, so then there's nothing for, like I couldn't, come back I kept finding out about stuff that was going on behind my back and then when I say it I'm a bitch but if I didn't say it what are we all just going to sit there I mean they were just running a completely different narrative that's not our process Jackie. With there being no reunion issue right what are some of the things you wish could have been talked about and resolved at the reunion? I think I would very much have liked to have spoken to the girls about the fact that why were they so fearful? Because Jackie, when you really take it back to the lowest sort of denominator, the reason that they banded together is that they were terrified.
1: Look, there was a lot of drama. There's also some highlights and hilarious moments for season five. Me telling you that I was pregnant, that's gonna be something that I can show my boys for the you know, rest of our lives. Like Rosie always knew that I was gonna tell you on the show, and that was this very special moment for yourself and I.
2: And even after we finished that
1: shoot. I You mean, were still crying. I, you I were crying barely, for hours I later.
2: I could barely speak. And you know what it was is you said we opened up the envelope and I didn't know if that was your baby or that's where you were going to go or where because, you know, I didn't know. And then I just didn't know what to say. And then when I looked at you in your eyes and you, I could just tell by looking in your eyes that they Everybody were the pictures of the babies. I just. In a way, I wish I hadn't done it on camera because I was t- unable, you know, so overwhelmed. But Jackie, you know what? You always said to me from the moment I met you, you always said to me, "I'm going to have twins," and I always believed you. Yeah, and it's not a surprise to me at all. <laughs> as far as I was concerned, you were always going to have twins, and you know that stuff. Yeah,
1: it was a be- It was such a beautiful moment. I had to share it with you. Gamble was overall just hilarious this season. The sleepover and everyone letting loose and getting drunk at your house in Flinders was amazing. And did you guys notice that Simone always looking straight at the camera? Simone, I love you, girl,
2: but you're also looking straight at the camera. I didn't know that. How do you know? Because do you know because when? Just like people, there's moments where she's talking, you're looking straight at the camera. like, Sid, stop looking straight at the camera. I you know what, Jackie. I, let me ask you. I never, ever know where the camera is and I never noticed it. Either do camera. I.
1: Either do I. But it's only when I was watching the show that I noticed it. That's why I'm laughing. But I will say, we had a great time at your house to sleep over at Flinders. It was amazing. I mean, like, did you, that deep dive of Bloody Simone under um, Kyle and Cherry's legs was bloody hilarious. That was a fun, fun night at Flinders. Oh my God. It, it was, was it very was a, much fun. Let's get into the questions. Janet. We have some listener questions this week for both of us to answer, okay? Bria's asked, why isn't there a Season
2: 5 reunion? Well, they did say that there was going to be difficulty and that maybe they would test when we did publicity if we could do it by Skype and remotely. And then the problem with that, they sort of felt was that if we can't see each other, then it's difficult to interact and maybe talking over one another. I think that it was because of COVID. I think that they just couldn't logistically do it.
1: Maybe I should um, host Rini and Facebook Live, you and I, again. (laughs) Oh my goodness, I'm so a laugh. Um, listen, Linda has asked, Do either of you still catch up with the other ladies on the show? Sally, Lydia, Gina, Andrea, Susie, Chica, Petty Flu, Venus. Yeah, I still keep in contact with Chica and um Susie and Sally and Gina and even Venus has text me over the years. So yeah, there's still there is still um contact there.
2: Yeah, me too. I still see Sally, even if it's just texting, but because she yeah. was down on the coast and I was down there, obviously I see Gamble all the time. But with the other newbies, you know that Venus moved in just around the corner from me. I've got to yeah, tell yes, you, that. she is looking like unbelievable. She's overseas at the moment. Sally... Venus, uh, who else was there? I've seen Petty Fleur a few times out and she's always a laugh and a half, isn't she? I mean but I think the point watched. of it all is is that all in the past, all of the girls that we ended up working with, I we made relationships with them. We became friends and I feel that the only reason that I do the show is because I really like the camaraderie and I meet all these great girls and we have great fun. Jackie, I don't feel like that this season. I did not enjoy the filming as much this season. Thank God I had you and Gamble and Simone. Otherwise, I just I wouldn't have enjoyed it at all. It was not like other seasons where we all got in together and had a great time. And I do not feel about the newbies the way that I felt about all our other newbies in the past.
1: Yeah, it was very, um, look, I can clearly see there was a disconnect there. It did sometimes feel like it was the oldies versus the newbies or the newbies versus the oldies, and there was no reason for that because we were very open to having all the new ladies come in and getting to know them, and I just feel like um, when you're not open to the process like this, then the show can't
2: work. And and it was very sad, Jack. It was sad. I feel agree that to. it was very sad. It was really sad because what happened in a way, I mean, if we just go down to tin tax, not about this one did and that one did, but just as a whole general thing, I feel, and they maybe feel the same way, I feel that by gang together like that and by sticking just with the three of them and not talking or engaging with us, I believe that they robbed us of a great season as far as enjoyment for ourselves and I believe that they robbed themselves as well. Yeah. And I feel that not embracing the process really we robbed ourselves of what's always been a, a fabulous ride. I, I've always enjoyed Housewives and it's always been a great ride and I did not feel like that this season. Um, Harper asks, will you come back for Season 6 next year? Um. Well, you know what? Can I I, let me ask you, Jackie? I always feel at the end of the season, every season, I always say, "No, I'm never coming back. I'm not doing that again." And then Potts comes along, and she says, "Hey, I always say at the end, I'm not coming back." But yeah, you do. You you say that every year. What about you?
1: I love filming The Real Housewives of Melbourne. I don't know where I'm going to be with these boys, but, like, in my head I would love to come back, and it's also going to depend on the casting. I feel like some of the OGs may need to come back. Like, I, I feel like they do need to, not may, they do need to come back. I definitely want Gina back. Gina needs to come back. I, th- I even feel like throwing a bit of a, a petty fleur in there or even maybe um, a bit of a Sally. Like, I, I feel
2: like you got to bring some OGs back. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the best would obviously be Chica. But I, we've tried, haven't we, to get her. We can't get. Her. I've, I've begged Cheeky to come
1: back. She'd come back as a friend, but she wouldn't come back as a full timer. Yeah. And I think that we need some of the OGs
2: back only because. Um, You've got to be open to this process. I find that the camera is very much puts a mirror up to you about yeah, your personality. Does. So you might think that you are a certain way, but when you see yourself in a situation where it's not planned and you're just you're thinking yeah. on the hop and you see the kind yeah. of things that you say and do, it, it really shines a light on your personality and it's not always pretty. Rochi, who would be your dream cast for Season 6? Oh, you, me, Gina... Lydia, definitely Gamby. I love Gambi. My dream cast, Chica, and I, I like Simone. I'd have Simone back. So that would be, who would be your dream cast? You know what? I, I, I think that would be the dream cast. And then maybe bring back a bit of Petty Flirt. Oh, listen, why can't we have friends of the OGs come back as well? Why yeah. can't we have Petty Flirt come in for a few things? Because I loved her. Why can't they come and drop in and join, you know, because yeah, I, why, we love them. I totally, totally agree. The other thing that I want to say too is a lot of things were happening behind those doors where legal letters were being sent. I mean, Jackie, Kyla, after I wrote the text, wouldn't film for four days and reported me to HR. Now, can I ask you a question? Did you know I did not know that there was such a thing as housewives HR? We've been doing this for eight years and nobody's ever gone, who knew there was HR? I didn't didn't know there was a HR. Me either. Then she wrote a legal letter to production which was very sneaky about Gamble and I, well actually not just about Gamble and I, about any of the girls are being allowed to speak about certain storylines. Now that she sent it to production because production said well we're not going to go with those storylines but, but if she'd sent it to me or Gamble or you, I don't know that you were actually involved in it, if she'd sent it to just us two we would have said oh forget it, don't worry about it, but she sent it to production and the problem with that was that when we were trying to prove certain things, Gamble and I, in the, we, weren't, we weren't allowed to prove our, our side of the story because she sent a legal letter gagging us.
1: <laughs> Do you know what? I tweeted to people, what is it that you want me to ask Rosie? So I'm just going to read out some tweets. First thing, have you spoken to Kyla since the final episode was filmed?
2: On text. (laughs) No, not since the final episode was filmed. No, I haven't. No, not a word. Okay. Um, Are you happy with how the season
1: wrapped up without a reunion? Because I wasn't. That was messy without anything cleared up.
2: That's how I felt too.
1: Yeah, I felt too that we do need a reunion. But, you know, it's. Because in the
2: reunion we really can get to the backstory and to the bottom of things. Like there were things that were taken out that I would have thought would have been good for the reunion. This is funny, actually. I'm
1: sure nothing personal, but what was in the credenza? <laughs>
2: <laughs> nothing. You saw nothing. That's why I'm asking
1: it because it's like piss up this one.
2: Are you planning on getting married and what does your partner think of the show? Okay. Um, I've already been married twice and you know what? I've thought about this a bit. I actually like being a girlfriend. I would like to be a girlfriend. I don't want to be a wife again. I think that there are certain in my age group or whatever connotations that come with being a wife and I'm actually very much enjoying being a girlfriend. And my partner, if I say anything about the show, he just rolls his eyes. Although he is amazing and supportive and fabulous, he is not (laughs) the least bit interested in the show. None of his friends are in the least bit interested in the show. They don't watch it. So no people in my sort of real life, I don't have to run into anyone that's seen me on TV, and he just goes, well, we had a big bottle of champagne last night at the very end to celebrate the fact that we won't be at Housewives anymore every Sunday, yeah. Oh, my God. Do you know somebody's written,
1: hey, Jay, Jackie and Janet, there has been so many Housewives, what makes for a good cast? Jackie, in your first episode you said to Janet she was moving to Byron Bay, she bought in Queensland. Just to keep 100, people don't know, Rachel is looking in Byron to buy Yes. And she bought in Queensland. And so, still,
2: Jackie, you yes. said I would end up there and I'm telling you, I will. That's exactly where I want to be. I spent a bit of time looking and this isn't yep. me buying in Byron. The Versace place is my partner. But definitely any the next property I get will definitely be in Byron. I spent a bit of time there and I love it.
1: It's really Roachie's vibe there. She loves acreages she loves tapping out, she loves to see and yeah like I, I reckon you will too It's it's, it's the angels know everything. Um, is there anything else Janet that you want to say that you feel like you should get off your chest? I believe that I want the viewers to just know that we did the best that we could for season 6 I feel like we um, gave what we could. I feel like it's not always easy for anybody coming on the show and that's including Kyla, Cherry um, Angelique putting everything aside for a minute. I feel like You know, they probably did the best that they could with what they knew and there's no judgment on that. I think that anybody coming into a show that's successful could be hard for anybody. Do you agree, Rochi? Like I know that if I was coming in five seasons later, five years later, I'd freak out too probably and think, oh, my God, how's this going to go? You know, I've watched past seasons. You know, there's already a rapport with the OGs. So, you know, maybe that Cherry and Anjali and Kyla thought, Well, if they've got a recall, maybe if we've got a recall that, you know, it may be different. But subsequently, I felt like that that may have been a discredit, not an ultimate credit, just with getting to know one-on-one on a deeper level. And sometimes I feel like maybe we didn't get to see all of them shine bright on their own. Which I would have liked to have seen, because Cherry's very passionate about her yoga. She's very passionate about well-being and health. Simone, she's very much into fashion. She loves educating women, inspiring women in that environment, and she is also a very intelligent, beautiful woman. Angelie, look, to be fair too, she's actually very good at what she does. Her being a presenter, even yeah. when she was presenting for us, yes. she she can just nail that. Like there is no tomorrow, and I feel like I would have loved to have gotten to know her more on the show about just her personally. Because I, like I said, I had a really good connection with Angelique starting off, and even off camera, I enjoy. I had many laughs with her. She actually made me laugh, and I feel like, and I've said this before, I reckon that I would have probably had a firm friendship with Angelique if she had stayed on the show. And Kyla. Everything aside, she's actually fun to hang out with. She actually makes me laugh. Like, she does some things that are laughable. Like, you've got to give her that because she, she, like, I I have enjoyed hanging out with her off camera as well. Like, there are things that, even with you, Rachel, like, you've had laughs with her and and I feel like. Yeah, I, when she licked the bag. Remember was when, when she took the for, bag and
2: she licked yes. the bag? That was hilarious.
1: <laughs> it was hilarious. And I feel like I reckon, this is me, my opinion, if if all the ladies, all the newbies, had to come in on their own without coming in as a group, I feel like the season would have been totally different again. And I feel like um, it would have allowed us, the OGs, an opportunity to really delve deeper into the newbies' lives and have a even more genuine friendship. But unfortunately, it didn't go down like that. And I hope moving forward, whatever this cast of season six is, that everybody's just open to the process and. Um, You've just got to, you know, if you've got an opinion, have your opinion on your own and, and don't always feel like you've got to support or back somebody up with taking sides. And and I feel like that that way you have the ability to allow the audience to
2: see you shine in your own. What's your thoughts on that, Reggie? I really want to say something about, you know what, Jax, you and I know it. It's, yeah. a, it's a tough gig. I'm sorry, when people say to me, oh, we should do the Real Housewives of Clyde or we should do the Real Housewives, I think, you know what, people don't realise it's a lot harder than it looks. And I think we really have to say that for the new girls. And I think that for all of us, listen, we're all skating on thin ice, you know, and but for when I remember the first season and I remember the first season I was like god almighty someone hit me over the head with a baseball bat it was not what I was expecting and so I do feel that we I think that people need to understand that it's a really tough gig you know you're on as I said before, you're so heightened emotionally and you're kept that way. That's part of the show. That's just the way that it rolls and you don't know what other people are saying and it's challenging. And I feel that, yeah, I feel that the new girls felt threatened. I thought that Anjali was absolutely brilliant. You know, remember when she told us one time about – if there's something happens and she's all of a sudden not doing from the auto cue, she's just gotta do it herself. Yeah, and she's yeah. on TV and there's twenty million people watching and she's gotta go, Oh now, and breaking news coming from I mean, she went and did that for about five or six minutes and filled and did all of, and I thought, wow, she's really good at what she does. She was yeah. gotta give her that. Yeah, she So is. she was good and she was funny. You know, I'd had a better a relationship with Kyla before we started on Housewives. I think that thing really it do you reckon actually, that if she came back for season 62 Would be able to move forward yeah I yeah. do I would be happy to I'd be more yeah. I was happy to move forward after we had the first thing in far north Queensland you know when she said let's be friends and I said yeah let's be friends and just put it behind us I was I actually thought yeah great here we go you know I had the situation with Gamble where now Gamble I mean we love Gamble Gamble is our bestest buddy, and yet I had a major falling out with her. I think to Cherry, unfortunately for Cherry, I think that she has a much more beautiful, softer, really zen side that I don't think we got the chance to see of her, but which I actually see in real life. I don't think that that came through. I mean, I thought the gamble this season was particularly funny. she, think was she hilarious. really found her niche. I thought she was brilliant.
1: And, listen, I think you were brilliant too this season.
2: You, I feel like you kept the show alive. I you. I know you said you didn't want to get involved, but I do have to laugh on the, in the last few episodes when, you know. Oh, people didn't understand what was really
1: going on there. There was a whole argy-bargy and all you see is just me kind of like a bloody stop sign. No, it was on. It, the, the argument between Kyla and Gamble was so... It was so on that I had to step in, and um, that's all you see. But I want to end this on a really positive note. Um, Rachel, you're my best friend. have been doing this for years. I can't believe it's like eight years. It's been eight years, really, to and fro, right? And who, who would have Little thought? girls like, when we started. Oh no, Can you believe it? We've gone through our ups and downs, and we've had the best time, and moving forward, I hope that if there is a season six, that there will be some resolved issues whoever comes back and that I feel like that, you know, I, I, I didn't mind this season. I felt like my journey was amazing. I was able to share my journey, my pregnancy journey with so many fans and, I, and I, I actually feel blessed that you were there right beside me cheering me on and one of my finest moments was the the baby shower that yourself and Chica hosted for me and I, that's something I'll never forget. But I feel like you want to know what I feel like one of the biggest standout scenes were of this season was, ready? Baby Nathaniel. <laughs> Jackie,
2: Jackie, Jackie. Ben and baby Nathaniel, that was such a pisser. Oh, I did not even ask you. What did you think of ben? Oh, I was I thought it was after. a real baby too. It looked like a real baby, Jackie, until it got close, until he said it's not a real baby. I thought this I thought, Where? The baby Nathaniel. Jackie, that was so funny, his reaction. But also I loved, I loved, I loved when he had the contractions. Oh, right. that was a piss I
1: was, I was laughing. It was, oh, And his whole face is going where he's like, oh, 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 oh. And I'm like, and he's like, oh, I can handle this. I said,
2: right, you can handle this. Let's go all the way. And I dialed him. Right on up to number 15, baby. I thought, now, fucking cop this. You know what was funny? I have to tell you a bit, a bit of behind-the-scenes things. The guys that filmed that, they came to me, must have been a day or two after, a Jackie, and you're not going to... They were crying. Yeah, they were. They were all... They were, were crying with laughter. But there was a lot of stuff that nobody saw. Apparently, we don't see this on the screen, but Ben and Jackie are just there and there's a knock at the door. Like... And But Ben knows nothing, clearly Jackie did, and Jackie gets the baby and Jackie comes back in and tells Ben, this is what the crew told me, that, oh, this lady up the road she <laughs> said that we could borrow the baby for a little while and Ben knew nothing about this. The crew said that they couldn't, they were crying with laughter. And it went on for a lot longer than the short cut that we saw, but how funny was that? Do so you know the producer and Dobbsy and all them, right? I'm not even joking.
1: They were on the ground pissing their pants, laughed, like laughing. This is all the camera crew guys. Um, they were like even our producer fell on the ground laughing because I thought I'm gonna stitch my husband up so much. So when the doll came, I shoved the doll in the cupboard so he didn't see it. And then when the doorbell rang, and it was it didn't even mean to happen, it was the runner that rang our doorbell, and I went, shh, shh, and I walked out and I said, but and Ben freaked out. Listen. We've been married for over 11 years, and can I tell you, I've never seen Ben's face freak out. They didn't even show the full extent of it. It was the funniest thing I've ever done to Ben. It was hilarious. Like, even the crew were on the ground crying laughter. Even um Benny, the soundy, he was like, he goes, oh, I can't, and we were just all laughing. Like, I would have to say a good hour after it. It was so hilarious, and I knew when you saw that scene, you'd be like,
2: I cannot wait to see this baby, Nathaniel, Ben, the pisser. I can't wait to see this baby, Nathaniel, because they said it looked so much like it. But the crew had already told me, but they went, it was a much, much, much. When I saw it then on TV, it wasn't very big because it was obviously a much bigger scene when it was filmed. But Ben's face, Ben's face, when you bring in. Yeah, you know, when I
1: bring that baby in, that face, he's like. The baby, when you bring in the baby, Ben's face is hilarious. And he was like. Who's that? He goes, that's a human. You can't just borrow a human being. And I'm dying in love because it's a fake. And when he looked, he goes, it's a fucking fake. It was so funny, Janet. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Thank you so much, Janet, for joining me for the final episode of my first season of the Shut It Up podcast. I absolutely adore you and love you. And thank you so much for always keeping me 100. And let's see what happens for season six. I love you,
2: Jackie. I love you too. We're going to shut it up.
1: I hope you all enjoyed my recap and season wrap-up with Rochi. I cannot believe we are at the end of Season 5 of The Real Housewives of Melbourne and Season 1 of my Shine It Up with Jackie Gillies podcast. It was tough actually starting the podcast, being heavily pregnant, and then having newborn twins. I've actually thoroughly enjoyed doing my live updates and recaps. I felt like this has been like a therapy session for me, just downloading all my thoughts, my experiences of being a new mom. And I've also really loved all the beautiful messages and comments about how you all felt so connected to me sharing my IVF journey and the early stages of being a mom has definitely made it worth it. And just, it's been a pleasure. And honestly, I have loved every episode that I've actually done of the podcast. I don't even know how I've done it all to be fair because I was doing my first podcast I think interview and even talking about my thoughts no I was actually laying in the hospital bed on the day of giving birth talking about my birth It hasn't been easy but I've you know pulled myself up and thought I've got to do this There've been days where the babies have been screaming and I've been you know midway through an interview and I've had Ben and my mum and dad helping me out and I've just really, really loved doing this podcast this season, and I want to thank all of you for listening in, and you guys just make it all worthwhile, and I feel absolutely honored that you guys are actually listening to what I'm experiencing, and you've thoroughly enjoyed my interviews with my amazing guests. And without you guys listening, there would be no podcast, so I'm so thankful for that even as I'm talking right now, I can hear one of the babies going, ah, <laughs> God. But I want you all to know that I'm excited to bring more podcasts to you as soon as the Christmas holidays are over. I just need a bit of a break with my little babes because I felt like there has not been a break for me just yet, as in like I'm, you know, doing my podcast or I'm, you know, had to make sure I was promoting The Real Housewives of Elven. So it's all been amazing, but I felt like I just need a couple of weeks off But I'll definitely be back next year for Season 2 of my podcast, and I will definitely be uploading my experiences with the babes as well as what I've experienced and some new amazing guests. Thank you so much to my team at ACAST and Pro Podcast Production for helping me bring this podcast to life. You guys are amazing. I will see you all back here soon for Season 2. Love you guys. Over and out. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. See you
0: all in 2022. Love yous. We're gonna shine it up. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode of the Shine It Up podcast with me, Jackie Gillies. If you enjoyed this episode, hit subscribe and rate and review, which helps others find the podcast. For more, follow me on Instagram at Jackie Gillies TV and the podcast at Shine It Up underscore with Jackie Gillies. Shine It Up is proudly a part of the Acast Creator Network. Special thanks to Rode Microphones for powering this episode. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus.